Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Just wanted to let y'all know this podcast was recorded ahead of the Spurs and Reggie Bullock agreeing to a contract buyout late Saturday afternoon. So in case you're wondering why you're hearing him being referred to as a current Spur rather than a former Spur, you know, being referred to in the present tense rather than the past tense, that's why. I think you'll also find out that it kind of works. The flow of the podcast works well because, frankly, eh, saw this coming. So it was an anticipatory podcast in a way, and I think it works. Just wanted to be clear clear with y'all ahead of time. You're not going crazy. This isn't some super old pod. It just, this is the way the NBA flows. You know, time doesn't stop, not even for Reggie Bullock. So I hope y'all enjoy. It feels good, man. It feels good, right? right. Yo, yo. I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome back to Small Market Bias, a podcast about the San Antonio Spurs. My name is Matthew Tynan, and I am joined today by a man who has a plot of land on Reggie Bullock Island, Trevor Zitgraf. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, plotting what Adirondack chairs I can purchase, Mm -hmm. what awesome hair uh, I can grow out, and how I can decide what contender Reggie Bullock, which, which, which contender I'm rooting for captain Reggie, uh, to be a part of come this winter. Oh, so you're resigned to the fact that he's not going to be in San Antonio. Is that, I, I am Oh, okay. I, at this point. Yes. I okay. Am. And how does that make you feel just in general? Um, you know, uh, as people astutely pointed out, we're talking about the 14th roster spot <laughs> for the Spurs, so <laughs> they come okay. <laughs> uh, look, man, there's not much else to talk about. Like, I, like we're 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 pretty much when I when I ask if you're resigned to this, we're all resigned to what's you know coming come Monday, come media day. Yeah. Um, this is what it's gonna be. I, it look. We don't know Reggie Bullock isn't making the cut. There's some writing on the wall, but look, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, the bills must be paid. And and I had a question for you. I'm ready. Um, in light of the Damian Lillard trade, uh, the one that sent Dame to Milwaukee, sort of unexpectedly, maybe sent. Uh, it, it didn't involve the Miami Heat sent DeAndre Ayton to Portland along with, oh God, Kamara, Tamari Kamara was his first name, Mm -hmm. Tamari. Okay. I believe that's correct. I don't think I'd ever heard of him before. Um, We're looking at Tumani Tumani, Tumani Kamara, Tumani Kamara. Thank you. A guy who has not logged an NBA minute. Kind of crazy, but I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Prior to this trade, the Phoenix Suns' odds at winning a title were plus 800, 8 to 1 odds. Following the trade, what do you believe those odds uh, changed to? Because obviously, you're going to, a guy like Aiden's going to move. You're going to bring on guys like <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic, Keon Johnson, um, 
Grayson Allen. Uh, I know I'm blanking on someone right now, but it does. Oh, oh Nasir Little. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a four for one or four for two if you're including Kamara. So what do you what do you think that those um, odds change to from plus 800? From plus 800 to I don't think they improved. And by the way, this but, is two guys who I don't well, I, I don't think you gamble, Trevor, but this is these really. are two guys no. who don't who don't gamble talking about odds. So let's commence. I'm going to say they dropped slightly, but only slightly to like plus 950. The answer is they um, went from plus 800 to plus 500. Their odds (laughs) improved significantly. Oh my God. People are really buying this depth nonsense. Keep going, man. Keep going. I can't. I can't with Vegas knows what they're doing, I guess is what I'll say. Football is back, baby. And bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with bet online's real time updates on statistics, news and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let me ask you, where are the bucks? Where are the Bucks on this? Uh, well, they're number one. Like they jumped. Okay. Uh, I didn't see their initial odds. I think they were somewhere around um, seven hundred. But currently, the Bucks sit at plus three seventy-five. So are we saying? Are we saying it's like? We will not even be able to call that a rematch since Devin Booker is the only son left from that 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 initial finals team yeah these are well i guess milwaukee is somewhat similar no i mean they're pretty similar but yeah you're right devin booker it's it hasn't it's been just more just a little bit more than two years since those finals and devin booker is the only player left on the suns yeah it's crazy. That's a that's crazy. I know. I know. We're going to talk about that later, but that's just crazy. Also crazy. We can talk about it now, yeah. honestly. Like, what are we going to? Otherwise, we're just going to be ta- look. What we're going to be talking about today is some roster crunch stuff with the Spurs, but we can just get into the Dame Lillard fallout stuff now. <laughs> because and, and sorry to interrupt you, but like, yeah, there's until media day happens, there is no specific plan of what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of days. I just, I mean, I guess it just goes to show how much DeAndre Ayton's, uh, at, not star level, but Q score had dropped. Mm-hmm. Q rating had dropped uh, that they traded him for an inferior player who is less healthy. And they go, and also like their only chance of having a good, a good defense was having a defensive anchor which DeAndre Aiden has shown he can do 
when properly motivated, but I guess they're just, I guess the assumption, man, is that he was never going to be properly motivated in Phoenix again. Like there's just too many bridges had been burned between him and the organization at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the sticking point, right? It's like, okay, we, we can analyze the trade all we want, but like the major factor involved here is that it felt like DeAndre Ayton has wanted out of there for a while now. It yeah. has felt like the Phoenix Suns kind of wanted DeAndre out for a while now. Like even with Monty Williams gone, uh, even with this sort of change in roster, kind of a change in identity, so to speak, like there were still remnants of something that just yeah. wasn't working, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I, I, I guess I'm just surprised that everyone thought that Vegas thinks the, the Suns got better. I could understand being like neutral move, more depth, right. whatever, but I'm, that's just really surprising. Um, How did you feel about the move for Portland? I felt fine with it. Um, especially considering like they're going to turn drew holiday into something, right? Like if they, yeah. if they don't turn him into something and he ends up being like a buyout candidate, they can't get any sort of draft compensation for him, which by the way, has to be uh, the main priority at this point. Like, I don't think it, when you're looking at a, at a drew holiday trade, I don't think you're looking for some sort of impactful prospect uh you you've got you've got all of these guys in tow as it is so yeah you're gonna obviously have to take on salary to match deals depending on who you know depend or match contracts depending on who you're dealing with but other than that you're really just looking for prospects and if there's a team yeah. that's willing to give up a few like kind of stack all that stuff on top of each other and look and say like hey we got a first round pick from Milwaukee in 2030, I think is when the first round pick is including yeah. swaps in 2028 and, swaps, and 29, right. which by the way, there's a reason for asking for the picks that are that far out in the future. You're, you're looking at a bucks team that you just traded Damian Lillard to. And by that time, there's a good chance the guy might be retired. Like he's 33 right now, 2028, do the math, 38, 39, 40. I'm not like guys are playing later in their careers these days. So he might still be around, but it's unlikely he's still going to be the same Damian Lillard. Uh, yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be in the 35 range. Like what Portland is banking on is the end of the bucks, Right. Like Portland is looking at this and saying, we think that by that time, you guys are going to be running out of steam. You're going to want to rebuild. Things change a little bit as, you know, considering the Bucks know they're not going to have those picks. So they might take a different approach. But at the same time, when you're weighing options like Milwaukee versus Miami, Miami is a place that in the same vein might also be on the way out with its current group, but they're a free agent destination. They're uh, way easier for them to get, to get, to replenish. Exactly. Whereas Milwaukee is going to have to be replenishing through, through the draft. So it's a smart play in my opinion. 
what becomes of Aiton is the wild card, right? And and I know how you feel about Aiton, and I also know that behind the scenes I give you a bunch of crap about Aiton, but the guy's talented, and I think yeah. uh, a change of scenery is going to be good for this guy. So I think Portland did well, at least exploring that option with Aiton, uh, kind of honing in or homing in on the potential end of what the Bucks currently are. And then on top of it, if they're able to flip Drew for anything, it's just gravy, right? Yeah, I know. I, I thought because in the same way that I think it would have been hard, you know, that, that heat package was out there for months now, turning Tyler Hero into um, something that was more than like net neutral, mm-hmm. I think would have been tough, especially because Tyler Hero, Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp, there's like, especially with Simons and Hero, but I think with the other two guys too, there's there's a lot of overlap there. There's a lot of guys who are going to need the ball. Hero's a little bit farther along, but that doesn't mean that he's a finished product by any means. So you still want to see what you have out of him. It just didn't make sense to take him on as like the centerpiece of that deal. Yeah, no, that's that's the other part of the conversation is like, if you, if you bring in Hero, you're probably going to have to flip someone else. And it might just be Hero. Like it might be rerouting him somewhere else. So the idea of just sort of having this. Oh, I forgot to mention getting the hell off of Yusuf Nurkic's contract. Unbelievable job. Um, Three years left on that bad boy. Three years left on that bad boy. And it is a bad boy. Uh, At least at least if you're talking about the way he's been performing in Portland over the last year or two. So that kind of redirects us to Phoenix. I have an idea why uh, they moved up to two favorites in the Western conference. I happen to think that that team needed depth. I think they got, you know, it's not like super high quality, but they need any kind of depth. They can get say what you will say, what you will about grace and Allen, not a big fan of the guy personally, but he is a solid player who has. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's shown himself to be a good playoff performer too. Uh, we've talked about Nasir Little. Take a flyer on Keon Johnson, or maybe you wave him. Uh, who knows? But just adding competent depth, and at the same time, I'm, I'm again not a fan of Nurkic. But if there is any way in hell he isn't completely shot like injury prone shot done. This is a guy who actually showed defensive capabilities. Like he wasn't just a complete turnstile. Like he's been in recent years. Um, He can rebound. He's a big body. He can pass. Like he is, there's a reason he got the contract. He did right. Like there's a reason for that. Um, Yeah. If he can in any, in any way serve as that dirty work center, and, and a certifiable, legitimate starting big, like I, I just, com- you know, on top of the depth that they've acquired, I think that that could pay off. I know, I know he's not, he's not DeAndre Ayton and I don't want to get anyone confused by, by my thoughts here. He, he doesn't have the talent level of Ayton, but Ayton's strengths, like, I think it's fair to at least question if 
question whether or not the Suns would have been able to accentuate his strengths with Kevin yeah. Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal on the court together. There are only, only so many shots to go, to go around. I'm trying to look up um... – I think it's Kevin Pelton in his trade grades was talking about how pre leg fracture Nurkic was, as you were speaking to like it was, he wasn't just like some like plotting big guy. Yeah. He's a great, great drop center uh, defensively. Um, but then after he had his leg fracture, um, I like, he, I like, oh, so, the, okay, I like so the phrase fracture. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, so Nurkic limited opponents to sub 55% shooting on attempts within five feet, yeah. according to second spectrum. This is before his injury. Uh, that ballooned to 68% in 2122. 22 mm. mm. uh, dropped back down uh, to 58% uh, last year. Portland remained the league's worst defensive team, 28th in defensive rating, and was better with Eubanks in the middle. Yeah. Amusingly, Drew, Drew Eubanks becomes use of Nurkic's backup once again. So basically Phoenix <laughs> said So basically Phoenix said we can be average or not a disaster on defense with Portland's front line from last from the last couple of years. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, which look like Durant's a I think Durant I think people would probably properly rate Durant's defense now, but for a long time like I think people didn't really fully appreciate how good on defense Durant was. Mm-hmm. Booker's fine, Beals less fine um so yeah i think you're right like if if nurkic can get back to if he can be closer to 55 yeah uh, uh defense at the rim as opposed to 68 i you know it's a bet worth trying i just think like they're incredibly small now um if nurkic has not been healthy the last two years too i think that's the other thing you really got to hope you can get 60 games at minimum out of him um, yeah, I mean, health is the primary concern. But like when when you lo- look at the numbers that you just laid out, like if there is continued progress, like a, a regression there, a positive yeah. regression, then right. you're 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 happy with that, right? I mean, yeah. you get out, you you get the the Aiton cloud out of the way. You shed. We talk about Nurkic's contract, but DeAndre Aiton is on a max deal for. Uh, three, yeah, I think he had like three years and like, I think it was close to a hundred million left on his on his contract. Yeah, I mean thirty million a year. He's he's yeah. big money. Um, so you get out of that, you can put any of that drama or indecision or uh, get all of those questions off the board that would have come during media day. Like you just get to start fresh. And uh, yeah, I, I think that it would. For most teams, like there is a reason why all of these organizations are getting this stuff out of the way before media day. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to have that clean slate. Um, But I think that now, as we look ahead to where where the NBA goes from here, because I, I, I can't imagine there's no reason for it. I can't imagine that Drew Holiday is staying in Portland. So what's next? And I know that there is a contingent of Spurs fandom. And and I, and I I would say that even earlier in the offseason, you're part of it, where you kind of liked this idea of having a point guard who knew what he was doing, who yeah. could kind of run the show, organize the offense, uh, just make Wembenyama comfortable 
in his new digs. I mean, are you still it, it, are you still in that mindset? Is is Drew? I'm I'm you know where I am on this, but is Drew Holiday somebody that you, Trevor Zickraff, would be interested in uh, if the Spurs were to inquire or explore or anything like that, anything close to it? I will say no, because I think the cost would be too heavy. I think the, you know, the thing about with the Chris Paul thing was like, I was like, you could probably get Chris Paul for not a lot and just, and it'd be very clear that he's a rental, maybe not even a full season rental, um, which I think you could still say for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday on this Spurs team would probably be a rental, uh, maybe get rerouted in February when the team's looking to improve. But I just think Drew Holiday is so much better than Chris Paul is right now. Like just the, that oh, to say like, okay. so the Spurs, for the Spurs to get in on that, it would just be really costly. You know, like they would have to give up some assets that I'm sure they're, they're pocketing for when this team develops a little bit longer. So no, I don't, I, I think I moved past the, I do, I, I would mind another guy who can run the offense, but like off the bench, like if they brought in, I'm trying to think I, I'm blanking off the top of my head. I, Monty Morris, uh, a Tyus Jones, ironically, <laughs> um, you know, like if Just those bring in the Jones brothers, man. Yeah. Why not? Um, hell, even like someone like TJ McConnell, just like, just to, be a professional and, and be able to run things. But I think it's at this point, bringing in a two-time all-star who makes $35 million a year just feels like, obviously it just feels like that's not the direction the team wants to go right now. And um, I don't know, it would feel a bit silly considering that they seem to be at least medium term invested in Trey Jones. So do you like in terms of the, the big lineup stuff, um, and I'm not even necessarily talking about like Jeremy Sohan running point. I'm just talking about like putting your, you know, quote unquote, best five players on the floor, uh, right. particularly when Trey Jones is off it. Like where, where do you stand as we're, as we're just a few days away from training camp? Because I just, I think there's a lot of intrigue in that. And look, I know that the Spurs have been watching these guys, uh, the team has been watching these guys. There is your the the group is not legally allowed to practice yet um, in an official capacity, but like the team, they, they've been watching them. So I think they probably have more of an idea now. But I'm still not certain that there is like they have any sort of starting lineup nailed down. They probably have some ideas, but I think there's some flexibility here. And uh, do you want to test? what Devin Vassell has as sort of a lead ball handler. I'm not even necessarily like in the traditional point guard type, but right. uh, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan, these guys who can get out and run and just at least get the offense started. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting. Cause I know that you're um, optimistic on Vassell's uh, playmaking chops. And I think I am, I mean, I think that's one of the things that this season should be about. Like, let's see if that's there. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something where, cause I'm trying to figure out like who's going to be the first sub. I don't even know what the starting lineup looks like. Like, because it's difficult, dude. <laughs> cause I, I think Trey's got to be there just because the offense just fell off a cliff when he wasn't there last year, mm -hmm. like when he wasn't on the court. So you want to have some stability in that starting lineup and I don't know. Maybe Vassell should be 
should be the one who stays on the court. Like Trey comes out first, Vassell stays out there, and against second units is when you see Vassell running it with maybe Sohan's out there as like kind of a a second side playmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, summer league Malachi Branham did a decent amount of ball handling, but Malachi Branham also did a decent amount of scoring when de- when he was ball handling. Yeah. Like we weren't seeing like we weren't seeing playmaker Malachi Branham. I don't think that was the point of this summer. It was just let's see what he can do with the ball in his hands. Correct. Yes. I don't know is the answer, <laughs> um, especially because there's six guys. I think it's pretty obvious that Zach Collins is, is going to start because they do not want to. Uh, they they, they want to protect Wembenyama. They want to protect yeah. Wembenyama. Yeah. So then it's just a matter of is it Sohan or is it Keldon at the three? And then I think, I don't know. I could see them. I could see a world where they say we want Sohan coming off the bench because we want him to get the ball handling, like a little more lead playmaking experience. I and like the we way still, you think. We can still get him plenty of minutes with Wembenyama because that we need to see what that looks like too. But I guess it just makes the most sense to me because Blake Wesley isn't ready for you know those minutes. It's hard. It's really hard. Well, here, here's the the difficult part of this entire discussion is like we don't know we don't know what these guys are yet. Like even Keldon and Devin Vassell, like we don't know what they are yet. They haven't been yeah. like truly pressure tested. And yes, they've been right. around for a few years, but it, not in any truly difficult situations. Devin last year was the first year he had a, a legitimately sizable role and he missed mm-hmm. more than half the season uh mm-hmm. Keldon was in a position he never should be in which is like number one option surrounded by a bunch of I I, I really no I don't I don't want to like diminish the accomplishments of all the young dudes who were around him but like a whole bunch of unproven guys like yeah. this these were far from ideal situations for for both guys. So we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what go down the line. We don't know. We don't know what Mamu's going to be, what Julian Champagny's going to be. Um, obviously we know what Doug McDermott is. He's proven that time and time again, but he's kind of a placeholder at this point. Uh, if, or I shouldn't even say placeholder. Uh, he, he opens up things for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the offense. Like he's a, right. a a valuable player in this equation, but for the most part, you just have a roster full of dudes who you're you're like trying to understand who they are, what they can do, how they can fit. Um, hell, even Zach Collins, who is like old at this point c- comparatively, uh, is a veteran on this team. If you want to call him that, at 25, like he's still j- trying to prove that he's gonna just stay healthy and that the the foot stuff isn't gonna be an issue he's that that's it hasn't been an issue so far he's done a great job of proving it so far but again pressure testing like this team just hasn't gotten to that point yet so i I think that that actually kind of leads into i love the roster crunch situation (laughs) The, the, the roster crunch conversation, and we can get into it a little bit more after this break. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back. It is time to uh, crunch the roster, Trevor. We've had a discussion yes. that's, that's been going on. I, I thought that was the only reason you were having me on for. Look, we, we have to fill, what, close to an hour, something like that. And may, yeah. maybe we could have gone on for, for an hour. I mean, as evidenced by our, our uh, direct message thread on, on Twitter, we probably could have gone on for a very long time about Ch- Chetty, Chetty Osman or Reggie Bullock. Um, look, we know Cameron Payne has already been waived. I know that there were some of you who are confused by Bruno's, uh, Q and a to himself last, uh, <laughs> last podcast, but I assure you, we were aware that Cameron Payne had already been waived. Um, but there are two spots that, that, by the way, you, I, I know you guys touched on it. That was the most obvious cut. Like it wasn't a lot of money. He could not have made it more clear that he did not want to be on a rebuilding team mm-hmm. if he'd have gone to the rock and taken a dump in front of it. Like, well, he he so, he took a proverbial dump like immediately, and I think yeah. that's kind of the the beauty of of today's NBA world is you can just go on IG live or just make a video on whatever social media platform and kind of make your intentions clear, right? Or at least yeah. your feelings clear. But yes. Or hop in someone's comments, just something. Someone's going to someone's going to pick it up. Someone will find it. Somebody will. Uh it's it's like a it's like a, an entire industry. <laughs> people people locating these comments, identifying these comments mm-hmm. and um commenting on them. So we are in a position at this point where the Spurs have to cut or trade the more unlikely of the two. Uh, before the start of the regular season. Now they have all the way up to the uh, to you know damn near opening night to be able to make those moves, and they'll have a chance to to watch how these guys play with one another. Uh, but you and I have sort of been in a in a discussion about Reggie Bullock versus Chetty Osman. Uh, I yes. I in in a a couple of pods ago. Uh, Bruno and I talked about who we thought would be the Spurs' final three cut. Mine was uh, Campaign, Kem Birch, and Reggie Bullock. Bruno's was Campaign, Kem Birch, and Chetty Osman. As we stand, it looks more and more like Chetty is going to have a chance here. And I feel as though. <laughs> I'm looking at you right now, um, sensing a little bit of frustration over not just this specific topic of conversation, but maybe sort of a general roster construction debate in and of itself. Okay, you pointed. Okay, let's go. It's So it's not the Chetty thing. I actually also like Chetty Osman as a, a rotation wing. I think, as you've pointed out, more versatile than Reggie Bullock has turned into a pretty good shooter. Um, I think 37% from three last year. Yeah. Um, so I, 
when they traded for him, like as part of the the Max Struess sign and trade, whatever, yeah. however the rust that that trade construction was, I was like, that's fine with me. Like, I that's vet, vets are good, <laughs> um, and then they did. I can't remember what the timeline was, but then they also had Reggie Bullock, and I was like, oh, they got Reggie Bullock too. Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah, Chetty uh, was Chetty was pretty much right off the bat in free agency, and then Bullock, was, and then later, Bullock right? was like a week later. Yeah, yeah, okay, right around there. Um, and then like, as they just like nothing else happened, you're just like, wait, who else on this team? How many wings do they have? Who's gonna play? Are they are they gonna try to be like? Are they purposely gonna try to be bad again? And I think that's my frustration with it is I don't know anything. I don't know the, any, any of the answers to that question, to those questions, but also just like, I feel like they, they almost have to cut probably Reggie Bullock now because they are so loaded at the wings and they need to find out to, as you pointed out, I mean, I don't, I don't think those guys being on the roster impacts Devin Vassell's development. I don't think it impacts Keldon's development. But, like, they got to find out what Julian Champagne is. They need to find out what Malachi Branham is. If Blake Wesley is not a point guard, they need to find out if he can be some sort of off-ball, secondary playmaker, something. Um, and they still have Doug McDermott hanging around, who I know you pointed out in the past, they love Doug McDermott. It seems like Doug McDermott likes being here. He does. Um, and, I, again, vets matter, locker room guys matter, Uh so I'm more frustrated at the fact that like they have these guys who I think are both valuable rotation guys, and one of them one of them is almost assuredly going to be buried on the bench. The other one's probably not going to be here, and they're not going to get anything for him. I understand they got let's say it's Reggie Bullock because I think you guys are I think you're right, Matt. I think it's going to end up being Reggie Bullock. Um, they got him. They got a pick swap for him, which could be a valuable pick swap depending on how much Luca enjoys Dallas. I mean, I, I, I was going to say, I talked earlier about the, uh, you know, Portland playing for that 2000, those 28, 29 swaps, the 30 first round mm-hmm. pick, like mm-hmm. it's kind of the, you're looking at uh, Luka Doncic's contract being up yeah. prior to 2030. So it's kind of in that same yeah. strategy. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good clarification. Um, I think, where I would like to see this team go is to try to become incrementally better. And I don't think, especially on defense, you can come become incrementally better if you're only playing young guys. Like, I don't think there's too many teams that we've seen only play young guys, or even if like McDermott's in there, like McDermott doesn't help your defense. Um, so I think that's like my frustration with like, like Reggie Bullock at the very least knows what to do on defense and can hit open threes. And I think if you were building a team around Wembenyama, Devin Vassell, we'll see. I mean, Sohan is clearly part of the the process. I just don't know what the hell to do with Jeremy Sohan right now uh, from a roster construction. Um, I think my frustration is they are not in a position where they can realistically keep and play both of these guys who I think could help this team improve, not just from a wins perspective, but just like from a how to be a team of – a sophisticated basketball team perspective. So do you, do you believe in the idea of, and um, I, I'm, I'm telling you this up front, this is part of what the Spurs mindset is at this point. Do you, do you believe in the idea of creating this competitive training camp 
Like you you're we're talking about we make fun of the back end of the rotation roster crunch, but like these are legitimate NBA players, right? Like mm-hmm. these aren't yes, they signed Raekwon Gray, uh, a former teammate of Devin Vassell of Florida State. Um a precursor to the Vassell extension, Matt. That's what I think that meant. It's like it's like it's like Giannis and his brothers, right? Like bring him in and we'll and and Devin will sign. Um it like these aren't exhibit 10 guys, training camp guys. These right. are legitimate right. NBA players. So to me, uh there is obvious signaling here that the Spurs are saying, and and by the way. This match is what I've been told behind closed doors. Like that this team is saying right now, we have a year to figure it out. And next summer, they're going to push the go button. They're going to put their foot on the pedal, like whatever metaphor you want to use. But like they are about to figure out what they have, who they have. And I know that some people don't buy that. Like some people want action right away. And I understand that it's not the Spurs approach, but Trevor, do you buy the idea of competitive training camp? Like, even if that means it's going to cost you just cutting a guy like Reggie Bullock or whoever it might be. Um, Yeah, sure. I, and I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, making guys earn their spots and, and, um, or even like just getting that, uh, the impact of veterans and like understanding, like, you know, playing alongside guys who have figured it out or have been through it before, like guys who know what they're doing. Yeah. I I definitely believe in that. And that's where I think like, this is where the misstep is. It's like, they have two, three guys, like, Devante McDermott and Chetty or Reggie, let's just say it. One of one of Chetty, or I'm sorry, one of Chedgy. Chedgy. Uh, Chedgy. Is that wait, Chedgy uh, or Reddy? Either one. Or Reddy, yeah. So I guess like um I don't know. Like I'm I'm with you as far as like competitive training camp. Um at the same time, if you told me do I like what Houston did this summer, I would tell you I absolutely do not like what Houston did this summer, because then I feel like they went too far to the let's bring in the vets to teach the young whippersnappers yeah, what they, to do because they doubled down on the crazy people like and they did right that. so like in theory maybe what they did is is good especially if you want to jump start a team that's been tanking and tanking and tanking and tanking yeah. <laughs> but they go out and get dylan brooks to complement that roster and ime udoka yeah. to coach that roster well, well, sorry, I don't want to divert. I think it's, it's almost like Matt. It's almost like I wonder. Like, is there too many? Do they have too many of their guys? Their guys that they like. You know what Are I mean? Are we talking about like, the Spurs that... or the Rockets? Because yes, I'm sorry, we're talking about the Spurs for sure. Because I think what the Rockets showed is they don't. They're not sure about any of their guys. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, they're just like we like we like Julian Champagne. Uh, I think you told me once like they like Devonte Graham. They like. Uh, like I could list like 12 guys and you would probably be like, you know, I think they really like that guy. And it almost leads to a lack of flexibility with the roster because you become beholden to these guys that you stumbled upon or drafted and, 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 and felt good about, 
know what I mean? So, no, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a fair point. And you can even lump uh, Chetty Osman into that conversation. I yeah. agree because I've, I've heard over the years, over the last several years, probably like the last four or five years, I haven't heard it in a couple of years, but um, his name has come up just kind of in conversations around the team. Um, yeah. It's never been more than like a, a, a sort of a buzzy name. Um, yeah, but it, it's been there. So I, I think that you can lump him into that conversation and your, your question is fair in the sense that like, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into certain types of players, but at the same time, one of the things that I notice in terms of like a, a Spurs guy is the fact mm-hmm. that like they're typically players that you don't really pigeonhole anywhere, right? Um, maybe they're maybe back in the day when the Twin Towers were still going, and you had sort of the dynamic of of Tony Parker off the dribble, Bruce Bowen in the corner, David and Tim doing their thing. Like there was that element of sort of the, these these very specific roles, but the current version of this team and even going, uh, you know, back a decade, when you're looking at the last team that won a title or almost a decade, yeah. they, they, they had a lot of versatility and that's the kind of thing that they value. And they've been successful with it in the past. Like, obviously they've had their, their, uh, trials here <laughs> ever since Kawhi left, but of course they did. Like nobody expected anything you know, nobody, well, most people, I should say, there are some people who expected more, but most people kind of saw that as the end of something. Um, and that, and, and traditionally speaking, like when you look back at the LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard teams, like that wasn't really how the Spurs wanted to play. Um, they didn't want no, I was high just gonna say, guys like that. And they had, I was just going to say the Kawhi Leonard LaMarcus teams actually probably could have benefited for some guys who were a little less versatile and more specialist right. driven just because of how high usage uh, Kawhi and LaMarcus. Were. Yeah. So it's look, it's, it's a legitimate question. I think when you look at this team, even though they're far from proven and we don't really know what the majority of these guys are. You can still sort of like compartmentalize each player into different categories. Like they all do kind of different things. You don't have a lot of repetition. Like you said, there are a lot of wings, um, but they all kind of do different stuff. It, it at least like Osman has been a guy who's been able to play the four. So is Doug McDermott. He's not good at defense. He never will be. We we get it. But the reason he's on the floor is because he's an elite floor spacer and movement shooter. Um, Osman is one of these more versatile guys who has been sort of stuck playing in that three and D role uh, in Cleveland, which is not really what he is. If you kind of pay attention to his career, both, you know, domestically and internationally, um, don't totally know what Julian Champagny is quite yet, but what he has shown, and he showed this in college too, by the way, is he's a great off movement, especially as a cutter. He's not the kind of movement shooter that McDermott is, but he loves to move. Um, yeah. 
So, like, you're looking at this group of wings, and Sohan is a total wild card. Total wild card. He can play literally any position on the floor. You can call him positionless, whatever you want to do. So there's at least flexibility with this group, right? So, so if we're kind of looking at the uh, quasi-traditional sense of the the word when it comes to position, at least they have dudes who do different things. I, I think, and as much as like I can get frustrated with uh, the current roster as it stands and thinking that you need versatility everywhere. You also have no idea what Victor Wembanyama is going to be offensively. Like, like that's what the is the whole actually point be of this whole thing? <laughs> so, and so that's what I kind of like, I, I have to keep reminding myself, yeah. like when they figure out what Wemby is and like what, then it'll be a lot easier to say like, okay, we actually do need this specific thing right. to, right. to maximize him. And they just don't have that yet. This and works. So that's that doesn't, to, you know, that works. This doesn't like, yeah. and, and, and also, Again, like how many players on this team are on expiring deals or on like two years for cheap? Um, it's yeah, it, 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 the, the amount of flexibility they have moving forward as they figure out who they're not just the Wembenyama stuff. Like I said early on in the podcast, they have so much to learn, even still about Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. Obviously, a ton to learn about Malachi Branham and Jeremy Sohan. Those are kind of the guys that you're going to lump into that core group. And who knows, like uh, maybe at some point uh, Wemby becomes a five. Maybe he becomes a center at some point. It feels like his his career trajectory would eventually turn that yeah. way. But like how long is that Collins going to be around? Um, he is a very helpful type of player. You've already talked about Blake Wesley. We... I don't think he's ever going to be like an off, true off-ball guy. Like I think that point guard is his role, but is he ever going to be good enough to fulfill that role? Like uh, he's he has his flashes here and there, but he hasn't shown any, anything yet. So like there's just there's there's so much to learn about this group before diving in um head first and yeah. it, it, I I don't want to necessarily phrase it like this. But when we talk about the roster crunch and we talk about the guys who are going to be on the team, make the team, get rotation minutes, whatever, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to, that, that sounds overly negative or, or cynical, but the only reason it truly does matter is because you're trying to understand what you're working with on the whole this year. Yeah. And I have, I just have a feeling that there's going to be, especially early on some level of experimentation. And, and we talk about like the vets at the forward position and the idea of like boosting trade values and trying to get more assets. Well, hell man, like Chetty Osman and, and Doug McDermott are both expiring this year. So like there's a good chance that they're going to be on the block come, come February. So there's, there's still movement that's going to happen. The the Spurs have Toronto's pick next year. They have their own pick next year. They could have Charlotte's next year. Like there could potentially be uh, five to six 
first round picks over the next two yeah. next two summers. So this is still very much a work in progress. So when I say it doesn't matter, I don't mean that in the sense that like the day to day stuff that they're doing and the workarounds that they're making with this lineup. Like I, I'm, I don't mean to say that it's inconsequential, but the here and now, the immediate, this the little stuff, like it, it doesn't matter in the moment well, because I eventually think- we're going to get to a point later in the season where things start to be like ironed out or like squeezed yeah. into um, a, a, a tighter space, so to speak, when they start to figure out what they have. I think we talked about this last time, but it's like also like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Long term, it might not matter because three guys from the current roster might be on the team, might be on the roster in five years. You know, like we could just be Wimby, Devin, and I, so I would say San Antonio doesn't want it to be like that, but it's entirely sure. possible. Like it's entirely possible. Like it, Wembenyama, Sohan, uh, Devin Vassell, Malachi Branham. Like those are the guys I would be most confident in. And I'm, I know that I'm leaving out Keldon Johnson because I'm not quite sure. Um, right. But if you want to go to five locks for five years from now, that's fine. But I feel like that even might be a stretch. I'll say this circling back around to the beginning of our conversation. Uh, if well, I actually would say whether it's, if it's Chetty Osmond or Reggie Bullock, I think, again, more likely Reggie Bullock, if either of those guys gets waived, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> who are now light on defense and uh, on the wing, I would assume that those guys would be – that those would be two of their first – one of their first calls. Hey, man, that's a perfect circle. Um, and they're going to need it, right? Like the Bucks are going to – the Bucks are going to have to do something. Is Pat Connaughton – Going to be your guy at shooting guard? Look, love me. Love me some Patty Connaughton, but that's not probably not the not the answer. Um, and also, like, you don't want to tax Middleton and Giannis too much, having to give them such a heavy defensive load, especially during the regular season. So, yeah, I think um, whoever the Spurs – if a veteran is who the Spurs cut, I would assume that you may see them uh, on a contender. So uh, let me pose this question to you. Yeah. If if you're Reggie Bullock's agent and, and you're mm-hmm. looking out for your client, you're, you're you know, communicating with him. Um, I don't know what sort of cellular device he has on his island out there. Um, could be a ham radio. <laughs> could be. If, if, you're, if you're communicating with him, are you talking to the Spurs? Like after all of this sort of fallout from these trades, are you talking to the Spurs who like, uh, you know, uh, we've already talked a lot about Osman uh, or I have in terms of like the stuff I've heard, but also like Jeff McDonald of the San Antonio express news also wrote a feature on him. Like the writing seems to be on the wall. When you, he's popping up on the socials. He's, He's popping up on the socials. So, when you see that stuff and you see the fallout, you see the trade that's made. If you're Reggie Bullock's agent, what is your move right now? Do you do? Um, um, uh, and I'm saying like, do you just, do you play nice and, and report to Spurs training camp? Or do you say like, Hey, let's work on something. So my guy can get out of here. I, I would 
both, I guess, probably, I would be like, hey, man, you got to report, but just know, like, we're working on this together. I mean, you know, like, look, I said I don't want him to be Thad Young, to where poor Thad Young was just stuck to the bench. Um, but Thad Young was the consummate professional about that. He showed up to camp when he wasn't getting playing time. He didn't say anything one way or another. He no, was, well, he Thad, Young, Thad Young actually played it. Um, he, he, that was like peak veteran, man. He yeah. He showed up. He practiced. He was on the bench. He played when he was asked. He wasn't a problem. But every once in a while, he went on Chris Haynes' podcast and was like, yo, yes. <laughs> get me the hell out of here. True. He was he he executed it perfectly. Uh, and and you know what? The Spurs got good value for Thad Young. They sure so, did. Malachi Branham, um, it turns out. Yeah. So I think that just goes to show that like, if you are a good veteran about this, then things might still work out for you yep. so and then thad young got a new contract out of it too he did he's still in yeah. toronto man like yeah you know so look um but yeah i guess probably like i think i'm you know at this point i probably if i'm his agent i probably am saying like can you just can you just wave my guy like just come on like let's just not make this a let's not draw this out but look that's probably what's gonna happen i think you're right i think that's what's gonna happen look the moral of the story is um you can you can politely ask for favors um but at the end of the day so long as you behave you know things are probably going to work out for the better and especially That's if you're right. around the spurs um they're going to take care of you they're not going to treat you poorly yeah. so yes just I think that's right you know just just be professional behave be good to people be nice to people um i think that's a generally in, a good life lesson right and per- great, a great life lesson. And it turns out it, a good it turns out it works in the business world too. That's right. Trevor, thank you for coming on, man. Um, we are Anytime, brother. we are just a few days away from media day and actual basketball. Uh the silver and black scrimmage is next Saturday. Uh wow. Basketball's almost here, man. Basketball's almost here. Um good times. Yeah. Do you have any parting words at this point? Oh, by the way, follow Trevor at at Trevor Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, by the way, uh, on Twitter. Uh, he, yes. he's, he's always got his takes flying if, off. So, yeah. I was thinking if Yo What Up T becomes available, I might switch back. Oh, shit. I forgot but, about um, Yo What Up T. Wow. But we'll see. Wait, when did that, remember, when did that said, change? When I thought I was going to get more serious about writing. <laughs> <laughs> how it always goes man how <laughs> it always goes <laughs> so uh no i'm i'm very excited for the calendar to roll into october and we can get this started because i am definitely th- thank god for that dame trade because i was just like oh there's nothing to talk about here <laughs> it was like a, a total buffet yesterday i don't know how many yeah. emergency pods popped up on my uh on my spotify it's fantastic feed yesterday but it was great well again man thank you uh, we will talk again soon. I, I have a feeling that we've got a three-man pod coming up uh, at some point in the near future with Bruno. Uh, but yeah, thank you again for coming on. And thank you to everyone uh, who listens, who downloads, who likes or subscribes or, or all of these things. Um, a, a reminder, if you guys have any questions, please 
send them to smallmarketbias at gmail.com. We're going to be getting into a pretty regular flow with these. And mailbag questions are always welcomed. Um, I know that Trevor agrees with that. I know that uh, Bruno agrees with that. So, uh, yeah. I'm a... I sometimes will submit just for the hell of it. Make things interesting. I I, I might have to, like, if you actually do submit a question, might have to just turn it around on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that might be awkward, though. Um, no, you answer the question. Exactly. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Small Market Bias, presented by Bet Online, and we'll talk to you next time. Dive right in and-